Lauren, we have KVON's newest host with us today. His show debuts in two days. Deep Dive with Larry Kamer. Larry, thanks for being here. Welcome, Larry. Hey, thanks, you guys. My pleasure. Yeah. It'll, be great to, uh, it'll be great to do the show. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, we just wrapped this show, but now we're going back in time and doing the intro. So folks can uh, look you up on Facebook at Deep Dive Show on Facebook. Also, Deep Dive Show on Twitter. And see what you're all about, and then tune in on Thursdays at 9 a.m. here on KVON. That's right, and they can drop us a note with show suggestions or guests at Deep Dive uh, Show at windownmedia.com. Fantastic. Well, in the meantime, before the show debuts, Lauren Mole has a few things he'd like to say. We invite you to join Judd at his family's winery at the south end of Silverado Trail. Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail, here in Napa Valley, California, USA. Visiting information is at Judd'sHill.com, or you can call 707-255-2332. Thanks, Lauren. All of that is correct, and I appreciate you putting in the plug. In fact, while folks are online checking out uh, the visiting info, they can... Oh, look and see what events we've got coming up, trips, uh, you know, even put some wine in their shopping cart. We've got delicious wine at Judd's Hill. And I think because these folks are such nice people for listening in, let's give them a deal. Just type in coupon code JNVS, all lowercase letters, please, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. And if that's not enough, you can join the Judd's Hill Wine Club anytime, day or night. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, we guarantee absolutely a great time with some fine wines in the wine club at a nice price, too. So that information is on Judd'sHill.com as well. And of course, when you come visit, we can talk about it, too. And you can go home with wine in hand. All that being said, I think we ought to get to this show. Larry's fun to talk to. And now, enjoy the show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. Get ready for another heap of fascinating things to know. From witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing. Live from a Napa studio, you may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Pardon me, I'll have a Chardonnay, a marvelous date, it's hard to say. I know we never talk about the Sauvignon Blanc, it's a must-have on the podcast. It's Judd's Napa Valley Show. You can't ease this flow if I elaborate over a Cabernet. My buddy's the truth, you should study my man Juddy and learn something new. And now, live from Wine Down Media Studios at South Napa Century Center, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mull, and here's your host, Judd Finkelstein. Well, good morning, Mr. Lauren Mull, and how are you this fine, beautiful Napa Valley Tuesday, our first show of the new year? I'm doing wonderful, Judd. How about you? Great. Thank you very much. It was a little bit of time off. I'm going to have to get back into the groove of this uh, radio gig, which I so enjoy, and I'm very happy to be here. So am I. Anything of note happened to you during our little holiday hiatus? Oh, I had a wonderful Christmas, Judd. I had uh, my grandparents come down here from Lake Almanor, and uh, my uncle came down from uh, San Pablo. Oh, oh, fun. We had such a lovely time. Any uh, particular uh, highlights or family traditions that you took part in? Uh, we we, we go, usually go to church on uh, Christmas morning, and mm -hmm. then we go to, uh, I'm not going to say the name of the restaurant, but <laughs> it's just right down the street from us now here at the Century Center. Uh it's on Sauskill Avenue. Yeah. It's a, a typical family restaurant with a, with a woodsy theme. With a woodsy theme with some, um, perhaps some carved bears that happen to be black. Is that? Uh, yes. They're not brown bears. And is nope. it a diner that has these black bears out front of it? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll let the audience guess which restaurant you went to then. Sure. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like a nice time with family. Yes, it, it was. Had a lovely time. Good. 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 Glad to hear. Good. So, uh, so how was your Hanukkah, Judd? Oh, well, uh, everything kind of, uh, everything was very nice. Thank you. Trying Welcome. to think Did of you any... get my card? And I was getting to that. I was going to say one of the highlights of our holiday season is receiving cards from all the lovely people in our lives. And one that graced our display 
was uh, your very card. So thank you for being thoughtful and sending that our way. You're welcome. You're always, um, well, I just said thoughtful. What's another good word for thoughtful? You, you can pop, we haven't introduced you guest yet, but you're, you're a man of words. Uh, I need a thesaurus here. I need Would another word for thoughtful. Thesaurus? I'm not doing a crossword. It doesn't have to be a certain amount of letters. Not but even what, a word search. Something, something, something for thoughtful is what you're saying. Yeah, we, we can think about it. We don't have to come up with it right now. But during right. the course of the show, we're going to come up with a good <laughs> thank you adjective for Lauren Mole. It was a very nice holiday. We spent with a family, Wonderful. did a little road trip down to Southern California to visit some family down there. Did, continued my donut investigations of California and uh, came up with a nice new discovery of anybody's in the Anaheim area. Uh, M&M Donuts. Very good. You can't sit down in there. It's either drive up or walk up, but they have a line early in the morning for their hot blueberry donuts, which were delicious. But I've got to say their apple fritters and their maple uh, buttermilk bars also world class. So they join the ranks of our friends here in Napa at uh, Buttercream and Happy, which I enjoy the donuts in our hometown very much. There's another one to add to those. That's my tip of the day for you, Lauren. I think I'll have to look into that. <laughs> Please do. Next. I've never been to any of those places before. Well, the, here in Napa you have, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but uh, just not down next time yeah. I haven't been back to Southern California since 2007. Well, it's about time. I need to start going back. It's about time. It's about time. There, There's plenty to do down there. Pretty much anything you want to uh, have in your life you can find down there, whether it's a type of cuisine, uh, music, cultural activity. I think... I think Southern Cal gets a bad rap up here a lot of the time, but oh, uh, yeah. but if you find the niche that you want, it's there for you. Let, I'm just going to talk about something that's happening real quick. Sure, I've mentioned it ahead. before. I'm going to mention it once again because uh, it never hurts, and then we're going to get on with this show. But it is—it's chilly here in Napa Valley. Uh, to get the ice off my car this morning, I'm thankful that I'm not digging out of snow. I've never had to do that in my life. Uh, I've visited snow. I've never lived in it. It's overrated. <laughs> trust me. It is. And we're going to get into your background. Um, I assume you've lived or come from somewhere snowy. Yes. Mystery guest. Yes. There was ice. It was. I was frigid. But I was thinking about summertime in the Mediterranean and thinking, oh, I cannot wait. And I would love for anybody who would care to join me there this summer to do so. We are doing a Judd's Hill wine cruise. And all of the details are on our uh, winery website, Judd'sHill.com. Click on events. And from July 9th through 16th, we'll be on an Oceana cruise from Barcelona to Rome with lots of fun and adventure thrown in. So join me. Um, on these frigid days, your, your thoughts can also turn to a warm Mediterranean. We can have lots of fun this summer. Can't wait to see you there. Ahoy and all aboard. Lauren, we're all aboard for this show. How's that for a segue? Would you please introduce our guest? His public relations acumen makes other flax seem lamer, and he can make an explosive situation feel much tamer. This dude's got a new show coming that'll keep our community humming it's the station's newest host, Larry Kamer. Hello, Larry. Welcome to KVON. Lauren, thank you so much. Larry Kamer, you are a public relations superstar and uh, host of the forthcoming show, Deep Dive, that will uh, premiere right here on KVON this Thursday at 9 a.m. You know, I've, I, I know you. I've met you. We've talked. It's not like you're a stranger to me, but I don't know a whole lot about you and your background, so I thought I would do a little homework. Uh, before you came in, and I went to your website, which is uh, kamergroup.com. Kamer, not Kramer. Yes. Not Kramer. It's yep. K-A-M-E-R group.com. Right. Right. And on your about page, the first statement on your about page about you personally is a quote, and it says, Larry Kamer can stop any rumor. So, you know, I'm up for the challenge, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what we can get started here today. <laughs> you, want to, you want to start a rumor? <laughs> Let, yeah. I can start them, too. We've I'm got good uh, until about 10 o'clock, so <laughs> let's see what we can cook up. <laughs> but, Larry, I'm really glad to have you here. We're going to get into your background. We're going to get into uh, your life in the world of public relations, and we're going to get into your new show, which starts right here. Yeah, Thursday this week. morning, 9 o'clock. Thursdays at 9, uh, just a couple days from now. But let's work our way up to all that and... Start well, we can start as far back as you really want. I just want to know a little bit about your background. You mentioned snow. Are you from somewhere that is snowy? Uh, yes, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately, there was snow there. Not unfortunately, I'm from there, but I, I was. <laughs> gotcha. um, my family is all from around uh, Trenton, New Jersey, 
uh, which is about midway between Philadelphia and New York. Yeah. And so it, it's pretty snowy there. And then when I left, I went to Chicago to go to college, and it's pretty damn snowy there, too. Yeah, that, that, is. that is. And cold, and really cold. And you spent your days uh, moving pool tables and gutting fish. When I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I had a, a series of pretty odd jobs. Um, my dad had a, a business where he had a coin machine business, so pinball machines and jukeboxes and that sort of thing. And pool tables. And I oh, learned okay. how to move a pool table by myself. What? Yeah, it's possible. It's not easy. It's better with two, even better with three. Uh, really good if you don't have to go up any stairs. And is this all in one piece? Yeah. Balls included? No, 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 <laughs> okay. no. But the slate, sometimes you would have to take the slate off and move that separately because that's the heaviest part. Um, but yeah, pinball machines, um, all that kind of stuff. And then... Um, I would spend summers down at the Jersey Shore, mm -hmm. and um, I am, if you could see me, you'd see my complexion does not lend itself to laying around on the beach. You are a fair man. Yes. Someone once described this as wet chicken flesh. <laughs> so I, I, I had to work during the day. I, had, I couldn't, it was too boring to just lay around on the beach, plus right. I got terribly sunburned. Plus this is, I don't know if people can remember this, but this is the day, this is the era before sunscreen. We didn't have sunscreen when I was growing up. No, it was the opposite. You probably had tanning butter. Tanning to, to, butter to or magnify the sun's rays. Or zinc oxide, okay. right? That paste that you'd put on right, your Right, right. Okay. So yeah, so I learned, I worked at a fish place and I learned how to clean and gut and cook and clean up after fish. Does that, do either of those skills moving pool tables and, or getting fish serve you today? Well, the fish, definitely. I mean, I, I still know my way around the fish and <laughs> oysters and clams and how to open them up. That's what people say. There there goes that Larry Cameron. Boy, that guy knows his he way around a fish. His way around a good, <laughs> a good, man, that guy knows his way around a bluefish. <laughs> the pool table stuff, you know, I just have to be realistic. I, uh, my wife and I helped our daughter move over the weekend, and um, uh, it's... You know, the realities of gravity begin to take mm. their toll after after you walk the earth for a while, as yeah. long as I have. I understand. And since you mentioned your wife, we we should bring up that she preceded you on this show yes. this summer. She was a guest here, and I was very happy to have her. We were talking about the big uh, Kindness Day celebration, and she uh, was representing. She's one of the leaders of 100 Kids Who Care, Napa County, I guess, in Napa Valley. That's right. Napa. That's right. Well, of course, I can't remember the official name, but it's a wonderful organization that gets our local kids involved in just doing good things for the community. Well, and this was part of their, uh, her group's project uh, for uh, Leadership Napa Valley, mm -hmm. uh, class 32, which I believe they say is the best Be of all the classes. Best class ever. Yeah. Best class ever. Uh, my wife's name is Devereaux Smith. This was part of their project, and it's something she's still involved with. I think it's a terrific project. It's very inspiring. And, of course, your family has been involved uh, in that as well. Very happy to um, be able to collaborate with her, for sure. And uh, to see the interest and enthusiasm that she has uh, working with the local kids and, and bringing you know, worthy groups in front of them to showcase what positive uh, effect these organizations have and how the kids can help with that. It's, it's wonderful and it is, it's mutually inspiring. Yeah, so I uh, thank great. you for that. I'm going to jump way ahead and we're going to talk about your path to this point, but, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. You are the, or an, I'm not sure if it's a, the, or an adjunct professor of professional communication at university of San Francisco, uh, chief information security officer at Carnegie Mellon university. And, and I guess the same thing at the Annenberg School of Communications at uh, USC. Well, so yeah. first of all, I don't know what all that means because sure. I don't, it sounds super impressive. Yeah. I don't know what any of it Just means. Just a word salad, really. But I, uh, you know, I'm a little intimidated now that I know this about you. What does that mean? And what was your path to get to that point to be all these impressive words in a salad? Well, so the professional communication program at uh, University of San Francisco, it's, that's a master's degree program that works with people who are looking to get into PR, marketing, digital media, uh, social media, user experience. And I've been teaching there for about seven years. And in fact, this year, at least for the time being, I'm actually the director of that program on an interim basis while we're looking for 
a real professional who knows what he or she is doing. The chief information security officer thing is, that's a program. I am not the chief information security officer for, <laughs> oh, for Carnegie Mellon, okay. but I teach in a program that, that works with those very important people on um, how to deal with things like data breaches and, and cyber attacks. Wow. I'm, I'm a, a crisis communications is my kind of background. And so right. I work with them on training and getting ready for, for the, for the communications piece of that. Yeah. As Lauren mentioned in his intro, you make explosive situations seem much tamer. And wait, wasn't there a rhyme that came after that? I think it was, you make other flax seem much lamer. And, and, oh yeah, but I thought my name came up somewhere in there. Uh, here he is, Larry King. All right. right. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so anyway, the, but, but I, um, I love teaching. It's it's a really important thing. It's something that I feel like people in a lot of professions should do when they get to a certain point where they can begin to give back. And hmm. I, I love dealing with uh, my students who are you know millennials basically, and uh, um, you know hearing what they hearing what their lives are like, hearing what they how they think. Um, it, it gives you a lot deeper understanding than the uh, than the kind of cartoon character of millennials that a lot of people talk about. Well, that's good to hear. Give us a little hope that uh, you know, it's not all apathy and uh, laziness. It isn't. And I don't like those stereotypes because I know it's not exactly true, but that seems to be the caricature yes. of that. And so. I remember, you know, look, I, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, and mm -hmm. of course we were accused of being in ungrateful, lazy you know, yeah, self-centered, all those things. It's the burden I think every generation has from the generation before it to right. kind of break through. Right. And I'm trying to catch myself, you know, because pretty soon, as, as you know, you begin to sound like your parents. Oh. And that's that's not a happy place to be. <laughs> I guess it depends who your parents are. But we all want to be our own individuals, I suppose. Yeah. So what what puts you on the path towards... To public relations. I mean, you, you've, you've been a political advisor. You've, you know, you're an entrepreneur in this world. You have the Kamer group. You've had some very high profile events that you've managed and worked with. Where'd that path come from? It, it doesn't sound like that was the family business. So no. you were, you were inspired somehow to get on this path. How'd that happen? Well, so I, I got interested in politics at a really early age, like in my teens and um, I was fortunate enough to get an internship in my local congressman's office in Trenton, New Jersey. Mm. Uh, my congressman was a guy named Frank Thompson, who was literally the last of the New Dealers. He was elected to Congress oh. in like 1948. Wow. And he was a very powerful guy. Uh, he knew everybody. My family knew him. And I got this job doing about the lowest level work you can do in a political office, which yeah. is answering the phones and following up on constituent requests. You may, if you've ever seen the movie uh, American Hustle uh, with Jennifer Lawrence and um, Bradley Cooper. I have The whole FBI sting of these mm. politicians. The guy I work for is the guy who took the suitcase full of cash in that movie. So oh. he later became a, a guest of the people of the United States. <laughs> I see. That's a nice way of saying he, yeah, he was, gotcha. <laughs> he was in, sent up the river. In the slammer. Yeah. But, he was a great congressman. Um, people in the district loved him. I like him. that, but he was a great congressman. But he was a great congressman. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't know about the cash part. And that just set me on a path. You know, uh, when I got to college, I got real interested in politics. This is in Chicago, which is a pretty good place to learn that trade and that craft. You um, went to Northwestern? Yes, sir. Oh, you, as you point to your hat with the N on it. Thank you. My Northwestern Wildcat. Yeah, that's not, doesn't stand for Napa. Gotcha. It does not stand for Napa. It stands for the team that failed to make a bowl game for the first time in like 10 or 11 years this year. Oh, so, is that right? Yeah. It was like when I was in school there. They were terrible, terrible this year. Oh, anyway. Condolences, I suppose. So anyway, so you learn a lot in, in the world of politics. Mm -hmm. you, you learn certain skills. You learn how to work with media. You learn how to get to the point. You learn how to... Uh, organize people and, and get them to uh, get out there and hustle your candidate and go door to door. <laughs> yeah, I did all that stuff. And um, so that's always, that's still a part of what I do, although I don't really do political campaigns anymore. So I did that. I got a job that uh, moved us to California in the mid 80s uh, doing I was a lobbyist, one of those dreaded lobbyists. Oh, that's a whole other show. I'd love to being a lobbyist, about, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just curious how that all works. You know, I'm sure you'll be talking about it on your upcoming show. But okay, so you worked as a lobbyist. Worked as a lobbyist. Here in California. 
Well, I had three states. I had California, Nevada, and Hawaii. So it wasn't such a bad gig. <laughs> and I mean, the short answer is after that, I... Um, Should I ask what you were, what you were lobbying for? I, yeah. Yeah. I worked for a company called MCI, which is a phone oh, company. Sure. Uh, we were very involved in the um, uh, breakup of the Bell system. A lot of people, my students are especially interested, you know, when I tell them that you used to have to get your phone, your phone service, your long distance, all from one company. Mm -hmm. That's it. Ma Bell. And uh, so the late 80s were a time when we brought competition to the telecom industry. It was a very exciting time. And it, it, it gave way to a lot of things we take for granted today, like email, mm. uh, which were very competitive offerings then. Oh. So, yeah. So I okay, did that. So and we're trying to, you know, phone regulation, phone taxes, all those really fun wow. things. So that brought you to California. You said, this is a nice place. Were you here in the Bay Area? You didn't come straight to Napa, did you? No. Well, just to take it a step back, my wife and I were living in Chicago at the time. We weren't married yet. But just to give you a sense of how welcome the opportunity was to move out here, yeah. the day we left, uh, and we drove, the day we left, uh, it was 20 below zero. That was the temperature. The oh. wind chill. We don't, they don't talk about wind chill out here. No. The wind chill is what I've it really feels like. And it was, the wind chill that day was eight zero, eighty below zero. So you never looked back. Well, we love Chicago. I mean, Did your car start? is a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful place. But on that trip, we didn't look back. No, no I, can, I can't even imagine. I have been, like I said, I've visited the snow before. And I, yeah, I go to Chicago. In fact, I got a trip coming up pretty soon back to Chicago. First week of April, which doesn't mean it won't be very cold. And I've no. got a whole story about being there once and missing a baseball game because of how cold it was. But I think the coldest I've ever experienced might have been on a work trip in Utah. We we're up in the mountains and it's pretty cold coming out of a, a wine dinner. Yeah. And I, I had a jacket and I might have had some thermals on, but it was, I think, a little above zero still. And I thought, wow, this is cold. But I have no comprehension of what you just described. Could be like, and I hope in my very long, happy, healthy uh, life, I don't ever get necessarily uh, stuck or un unexpectedly in a situation that's that cold. Well, here's the thing. If you, you know, if you're in a very cold climate, you just walk faster. So you, you just warm up and you can walk faster. The thing I loved about Chicago is it, it is just a wonderful city. It's full of incredible neighborhoods. It's beautiful, especially when the weather's warm. It's mm -hmm. even pretty when it's, when it's snowing. But yeah, it gets pretty, pretty, pretty cold. Yeah, yeah. Um... That's how my wife's family ended up here. You know, her father's like, I've had enough oh, generations of Chicago. They were my wife's, yeah. yeah, all from Chicago. My wife's the only one born, including her siblings. She's the only one born here in California. They all are from Chicago from generations back. Her father graduated with his, uh, you know, doctor in psychology and only looked for jobs in California because yep. he was done. Well, we had a uh, done with funny. the cold. We had a little branch of our family that that moved to California in the fifties. And I had mm -hmm. a cousin who have a cousin who grew up here uh, in LA. And I, I'll never forget how odd I thought it was when they would talk about going to the snow, right? It's going like, to the snow. We're going to go up to the snow. <laughs> like that is, what does that mean? The snow comes to you. Yeah. I never thought about that till you just said it right now. You're right. We go to the snow. We're going to go to and the that's snow. That's fine with me. Anyway, I'm totally fine. Lauren, how about you? Would you, would you, um, Ever considered living in a place that was uh, snowy in the winter, very cold? You you have to shovel the sidewalk and dig uh, your no. car out? Not so much, huh? No. You enjoy going to the snow? I do. Well, I have been up to uh, Lake Yalman, or like yeah. I said, where my grandparents lived. They get snow up there during Thanksgiving time. And you've been there for that? I have. And that's probably fun for a oh, couple days to yeah. play around and look at. It's pretty, but... It just know. happens at the most inconvenient times. Ah. That's the problem. Like, I see. One year when we were living there, my wife got me opening day tickets for the Chicago Cubs. And my birthday is in early April, so opening day is right around that time. And we go over to the park, and, and Wrigley Field is a great ballpark, and it was snowing. Oh, it was. Cubs and the Astros. And of course, as any great Chicago fan will tell you, the Cubs lost. <laughs> uh, this was before they were World Series material. 
Uh, we used to say Chicago is a uh, a drinking town with a sports problem. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I am a cold. I mean, I mean, I'm just going to say it. I'm a cold weather wimp. I don't mean to sound like I'm complaining or, or weak, but uh, I'm just a wimp about it. And I had a similar experience. It was just I I couldn't go to the game. It was it was opening day, early April, beautiful but beautiful sunny day. Yeah. And I was offered tickets, and I was so excited, having never been to Wrigley. It was finally got there. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> and so I declined because I just could, couldn't imagine sitting in one place in that temperature, even as exciting as it would be. So I went for a long walk, tried to warm up just to see the city. And my jaw, like I couldn't eat. I had to sit down and warm up before I could open my mouth. No one told you the trick about wrapping your scarf all the way around your head. No, I hadn't like learned that one. But now I know. Thank you very much. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue speaking with Larry Kamer. A Chicago Cubs fan? Are you a Cubs fan? I don't know. I'm just. I was a Cubs fan when I when I lived there. I I have to say, I, we lived in the East Bay for a long time, so my heart is still with the Oakland Athletics. There you go. That's uh, that's where I was growing up. We had season tickets for the A's as well. Okay, we, we'll talk A's baseball off the air. But when we come back. We're going to hear about your new show here on KVON, debuting this Thursday at 9 a.m. and then subsequent Thursdays from here on out at 9 a.m. He's a PR superstar and Napa Valley's newest talk show host, Larry Kamer. Right after this. You're listening to Judd's Napa Valley Show. We'll be right back after these messages. Everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Want to hear this episode again as well as past episodes? Subscribe to our podcast. Search for Judd's Napa Valley Show in the iTunes store. Now, back to the show. Thank you very much, Mr. Lauren Mole. It's a pleasure to be back here for our first show of 2020. And our guest is Larry Kamer. He's a uh, PR superstar and Napa Valley's newest radio host with your show Deep Dive debuting here on KVON this coming Thursday at 9 a.m., which will be the regular uh, day and time, right? That's correct. And, and uh, yeah. podcast and available anytime as a podcast. Great. KVON.com. KVON.com. Wonderful. All right. Well, before we talk more about you, I see you brought uh, you brought something of interest. It, it looks to me like... Oh, oh wait. Is what? this the big reveal? I... I'd like to see what you got. Okay. I heard you got something special you wanted to show off. To get your hands on Judd's stuff, right? Stuff, yeah. Get your hands on Judd something. All right. (laughs) Well, it used to be called Get Your Hands on Judd's Goodies, but... uh, Well, so... Oh, my goodness. What I brought is um, an album, a 33, a vinyl, long playing, and I believe... Oh, no, this one isn't red. I picked up some of these over the weekend. Wow. But this is called uh, Campus Favorites. Yeah. And it's the fight songs from, uh, you know, from some of the leading colleges in the United States, Penn State, Aggies, Michigan State, TCU. This looks like it was done probably in the 1950s. It does. Uh, It's... I'm looking. There's cheerleaders on the front. There's and cheerleaders. They're all holding up the banners of the uh, respective colleges and the styles of the hair, the makeup, um, the short shorts. It looks well. The boots too. The boots. I mean, a lot Absolutely. of them are wearing boots with the college boots. logo. And so um, I picked this up in the in the in the place where you're, it's really the best place to get records, which was in a box on a sidewalk in <laughs> Oakland that somebody had let out left out. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I mean, where else are you going to get Far Above Cayuga's Waters or the Whiff and Poof song? Oh, the Whiff and Poofs. Uh, the Washington and Lee Swing, uh, the Sweetheart of Sigma Chi, a classic. So yes, that's what I've that's what I've brought for uh, for your consideration. And you don't want to keep this for your own. No, this no, could no. be an I, instant heirloom. I had an I have found some other ones that are even more valuable than this that I am keeping. So All this right. is the one that we'll offer up to. Well, the sentimental value on this is incredible for anybody who is a uh, college sports fan, a nostalgia fan. It is uh, as you said, it's called Campus Favorites, a thirty third and a third long playing vinyl in high fidelity. With full polyphonic sound and a picture of uh, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve beautiful cheerleaders on the front holding their banners. This could be yours, dear listener, if you are the first one to tweet 
and the uh, I should probably give you some more details on that. So you, using Twitter, just uh, use the hashtag JNVS and put at Judd's Hill, all is one word. I'll see it right away if you do that. The first one to tweet and say you want the record, you got it. I will bring this to the tasting room at Judd's Hill at the south end of the Silverado Trail, where you can pick it up and it will be there through Friday afternoon. After that, I might take it home. I've got a turntable. I'll give it a spin and see what treasures, what audiophonic treasures are on there. In so th- full stereo sound. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that. That's fun. My pleasure. All right. Let's talk about Deep Dive for a bit, shall we? This is the show. It's debuting. It's you. You're the host. You, um, you've been involved in quite a bit. You said politics and major events that require expert uh, PR advice. So you, you know how to talk about things is what I'm getting at. So what will you be talking about on the show? Well, so the, the Deep Dive is a public affairs show. And uh, on the Deep Dive, we're going to be talking about issues affecting the Napa Valley and wine country generally, uh, as well as some of the news that's being made here by people in, in agriculture and business, uh, in politics and wine. And um, we're going to, ha- I'm looking to have the kind of conversations that you might have with somebody, uh, you know, over, over dinner, or that you might have with somebody if you had a bit of time to talk to them about what they're doing or what they're interested in. So we have our first, um, we've got our first five shows uh, scheduled and lined up. So here's what we'll be talking about. Yeah, let's have a preview. So our first show Thursday is going to be looking at the state of news in communities like Napa and small communities like ours and whether or not traditional news media can survive. The economics of local news is, you know, it's had the rug pulled out from under it. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of distrust of the news media right now. And we know that there's an unfortunate trend happening around the country where um, more and more communities are finding themselves to be news deserts. You know, I've heard a, that term, but what, what does that mean? It means these are communities or counties that literally don't have any newspapers. I see. Any so, local newspapers. Right. So I'm going to be talking to, to Sean Scully, who's the editor of the Napa Register, and you know, about these trends, about trust in the news, about how the news business is doing in Napa and whether, you know, the, the struggles that they're going through are, are really bad for mm. communities and participation and, and that sort of thing. So that's our first show Thursday. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, do you want to go down the line? You don't have to give me every detail, but what, what other types of, uh, guests do you have lined up? Second show, we'll be talking about why it is that we can't ever seem to get it right over at Lake Berryessa. Lake Berryessa ought to be a tourism recreation uh, destination and gold mine for Napa County. A lot of people, I think, don't even realize it's in Napa County. Uh, it's it's off the consciousness of a lot of us who live on this side of the hill. Yeah. And uh, the guy who runs the local paper over there, uh, Peter Kilkus, is going to come on and talk to us about uh, the kind of history of mistakes and blunders and missed opportunities and why there might be some hope for the future. We're putting more of the control of Lake Berryessa into the hands of Napa County. Mm-hmm. It had been in the hands of the federal government. Yeah. And uh, he, tremendously interesting guy. So he'll be he'll be talking about well, it. Sounds great. Okay, about. so it's a little bit of a taste of what the show is going to be about. Yes. Now, I know we, we are not set up here uh, at the radio station for call-in, but since it's a community affairs, are you looking for any input from yes. folks? I know you have a Facebook and a Twitter. Are you welcoming people to contact you there? I am. Or am I opening a account? No, no, well, no. You, you put up the Twitter and Facebook, so yeah, we're going to... good. So we are wide open for suggestions about, um, about topics and guests and of course your opinions on things uh, the best way to do that is to shoot us an email uh, deep dive show uh, excuse me deep dive show at windownmedia.com that's W-I-N-E, email e windownmedia.com uh, we're on twitter at deep dive show and uh, you can like us on facebook uh, at deep dive show as well I took a look at the Facebook page, and there's a very nice photo of you sitting right here at this uh, control board. Very much. <laughs> I know. Thank you for that. We, uh, we had a nice piece written about our show in the Register last week by my friend Evie Warshawski. Great. Um, and we've gotten some calls off of that, people with ideas for shows and even some people pitching us to come on the show. So 
we are wide open. We'd love to love to hear from people. Wonderful. Well, I think it's going to be great. I, you're obviously very experienced in, as I said, talking about things and and like I I'm only just now getting to know you, but you seem like a very hear that silence. That's what I'm getting at. Like you don't blow up. You don't seem like a guy who goes off the rails. I should mean, for be good. you, that's a compliment. Well, uh, well, you, what you, you have the most calming, soothing voice. Well, pretty um, much anyone I know. Well, thank you very much. Um, what I was getting at is, I think it would just the tone of the show. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to appeal to me, and I don't, I don't listen to a lot of political talk anymore because it's just blown up to me. And it, it's yeah, exactly. Um, and I know this isn't particularly a political show per se, but you are wading into some of these waters. You know, when you get yeah. into. Uh, well, everything you just talked about, but it, it's current affairs. There's politics are going to come into it. And I can see you being a very uh, moderate moderator. So I'm looking forward to tuning in and hearing Thank what you. you have to say about the community. Thank you. So, do you have any of you? Um, where do you get your inspiration as a uh, as a host? Um, are there any folks out there that you particularly like listening to and not necessarily want to copy, but, but, but take a little piece of that, get a little inspiration. Oh, I like the way that person handles it, and I like the way this person talks about that. Uh, yeah, well, it's funny you talk about, you know, kind of what we don't want to be doing and what we do want to be doing. You know, I, I don't think the world needs another uh, political commentator yelling and screaming about national politics. No, for sure. That- there, you, there's plenty of those folks. I don't think we need another... Uh, program that's like a food fight where the guests are yelling at each other and all the audience hears is a bunch of, you know, shouting voices. Yeah. The louder they scream, the more I tune out and right. You know, I, I probably should be hearing some of these messages, but right. the, the tone of it is beyond my scope of comprehension. Right. And I, I feel like what, what we're missing is, you know, really good conversations about issues that matter mm-hmm. about people who are the thing that I, that you asked me about inspiration uh, in the few years that we've lived in Napa Valley, the one thing that strikes me is just how involved people are here and how almost everybody is involved in a cause or their school or their church or the Women's March or, or something. And there's always interesting things to talk about. I always say, you know, Napa kind of punches way above its weight for a small community yeah, on yeah. these issues. So... I, I did some due diligence. I mean, obviously, you and I talked, Barry and I talked, Doris Gentry and I, Dorothy Salmon, some of the other hosts on, on this station. And one of the things that became clear is um, people kind of go up to the edge of talking about current affairs, but they kind of avoid it. You know, that, that's not really the space where they want to go. Uh, even a politician like, like Doris, you know, said, I just don't go, you know, I stay away from that stuff and, you know, push it off to the side. Well, I think there's room to have a conversation about things like, you know, how's global warming affecting the long-term future of agriculture and grapes in, 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 our, in our valley? You know, we are a small community, but we're dealing with the same kind of uh, price pressure that homeowners are dealing with throughout the Bay Area. Uh, we have a homeless issue here, which I think we need to understand more. So I thought, I, I talked to the owners of the station who were very very positive about the idea. And we came up with the deep dive. Well, I think it's a, I think you're the right person to do it and it should be talked about. Absolutely. I mean, it's a small community, but a very significant, uh, I mean, people look to Napa for all kinds of, uh, well, all kinds of reasons, but, well, uh, and people are interested in Napa and, you know, someone like Doris Gentry has a show here and she, it's, it's more personality driven, which is fine. She probably shouldn't be talking about current affairs, even though she is a city council member. Right. But anyone listening already kind of knows her politics and will think that the conversation is tainted one way or the other. So it's good that she sticks to just kind of meeting the people of the community and have somebody like you who folks probably don't know which way you lean. And I don't know if you're going to talk about that. I'm not going to ask you right now. But uh, some moderate political I don't want to say political outsider. I mean, you obviously are interested in political, but I think you know what I'm trying to get at. You're, I'm you're not somebody a partisan. Who's, you're I have not, my views, but yeah, I'm not. You don't be a hold office. You don't have skin in the game. You're That's just right. a community member who wants to talk about these things. That's right. And and look, I mean, just because uh, you're moderating a conversation uh, doesn't mean you can't stimulate that conversation with some some provocative thoughts or some things that, that kind of draw people out. Um, the show that I have admired for a long time is a forum on KQED, mm. the Michael, Michael Krasny program. Yeah. 
And uh, I know some of the folks who who work on that show. I've actually been on that show representing clients. Mm. And, you know, that he has a hardcore loyal following um, and he does a great job and he's been doing it for 40 years, I think. Um, He amazes me. Anytime I tune in, I think, how did he get to be an expert on this in the short time? I know he had to prepare for that guest. I think, I think part of it is he's a very smart guy. He's a college professor, as mm -hmm. you know, and, um, but he has a great team behind him, a great staff, a lot of researchers and producers and others. Uh, so I think it makes it look easy, but Michael's a very, very smart guy. And if we could do half the job that he does, I'd be, I'd be a happy guy. Well, I'm looking forward to tuning in. That is, uh, once again, The Deep Dive, and that's going to be here on KVON, Thursdays at 9 a.m. Let's talk about you a little more. Let's get personal, shall we? Okay. You know, it's not all uh, radio hosting and PR. We got to know kind of who you are and what you do for your diversions and your fun. And I know you're a, you're a traveler. I think I... I think I've read recently and maybe an email you sent me that you've been to all 50 states. And Correct. Was that on purpose? Did you want to check them off or yeah. just life is taking you to all those places? Just, Both. Yeah. Both. You know, I, um, I, I, I have friends on Facebook who are, you know, I remember uh, I read this over the holidays. One of my friends was writing that it's so frustrating that she's only been to like 48 states. Oh, yeah. I'm like, well, just go. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I if there's only two. You may not be traveling through North Dakota anytime soon, but go. It's, you know, if you're even close, take a look. Um, I think it's important to scratch the surface. You might think of a place, and since you meant, I'm just going to say North Dakota just because you said it, and instantly you might not think, I don't want to offend anybody in North Dakota, but I'm just like, it's not known for its beaches or its big vacation destinations, but I have found even right here in our own state that if you scratch the surface of pretty much anywhere, you're going to find something interesting. Uh, we spent, believe it or not, and this is, I don't want to offend anyone in Bakersfield, but we spent two nights in Bakersfield last December because we're going to be driving down and we wanted to stop somewhere. And I started looking around like, Oh, well this sounds interesting. And they've got this historic, this thing, and there's, this great zoo over here and let's spend a couple of nights. And we did, and we had a really nice time. So I'm all about traveling and having new experiences and digging a little to find those things that intrigue and interest you and expanding your horizons. And that can happen right here in our 50 States. Right. Well, and in fact, I'm kind of, it can happen in North Dakota. I'm kind of, well, and you're, you're right not to want to offend people in North Dakota. I believe the mayor of Napa, Jill Teckle, is from North Dakota. I, a lot of my ancestors of my own family are from the Dakota territories. I'm not trying to offend anybody. And so I'm with you. I, I plot me down anywhere and I will find something interesting about that place. Either Mm -hmm. some interesting people to talk to or, something interesting to eat that you're not going to find anywhere else or a beautiful uh, kind of natural feature. And I was just reading about uh, where, you know, where people do go in the summer Mm -hmm. versus where they should go in the summer. Oh, any tips for us? Well, so like one of the things that this article was talking about was how beautiful it is in Western Nebraska in the sand, in the sand hill country. Western Nebraska very different than like cornfields that you find throughout most of Nebraska or big yeah. cities like Omaha. I've been to Omaha more than once, but I've never experienced Western Nebraska. What happens out there? Well, so you have all these wild kind of grasslands and woods and, you know, a very different kind of climate and uh, topography than mm-hmm. you have anywhere else in the country. Oh. And people make trips out there. And I'm thinking, look, just because we live in California um, I think you can get a little trapped in California. We have all of this incredible stuff here, but we don't have everything here. Yeah. And so uh, it pays to, my wife took a trip last year to Omaha and she said, who knew they had such, you know, it's beautiful city, tree city, great food, great zoo. Yeah, who sure. would know unless you went. And, and I, Lauren has heard me say this so many times, just, Get out, go somewhere, try something new, expand your horizons. Oh, this chair squeaky. Sorry. Mark Twain's quote. How many times have I used this quote? You probably know the number. Um, Make up a number. Three times? That's exactly right. And times 10, probably at least 30 times on this show. Who knows? Uh, In Innocence Abroad, there's a long passage that's beautiful, but the crux of it, and he says, um, travel is fatal to prejudice. Yeah. Like, don't vegetate in your own corner of the world. Get out. And prejudice can mean anything. It could mean, well, I mean, 
racism, you know, get out, meet people, you'll be probably surprised that you have much more commonly thinking. You'll enjoy yourself. But it could also be kind of a, you know, he said we get stuck here in California thinking, well, it's just so great here. Why do I need to go anywhere? And you get out and it's like, wow, California is great. And so is this. And so is that. And so is that. And it's even great. It's even better to come home to. It is wonderful. (laughs) uh, Well, so when we lived, we lived in Chicago for about 12 years and, you know, you get pretty tired of people referring to the Midwest as flyover country when there's such incredible stuff there and stuff you're going to find there that you're not going to find on either coast. So I, I totally agree with you, you know, but, and as I say, just plot me down anywhere and I'll find some, I can always find something interesting to do. Even in Florida, the weirdest state in the union. (laughs) Florida, I think is also a whole other show. I've had some wonderful times in Florida, but there, there's a lot. There's a lot there's just kind of you know, something that stuff would, happening there. You know, something yeah. that would actually bring me to Florida. I would love to visit the Kennedy Space Center. Ooh, yeah. that yeah. would be a lot of fun. It is pretty cool. I watch a launch. Go to Cape Canaveral and you know watch. You know, watch a launch. Those launches. Yeah, that would be awesome. Putting that on the list. I've never done that. I would love it. Yeah. So you've been to all fifty states. Yeah. And you. You know, I can see that you like to dig a little. So this is probably what makes you the expert in trivial pursuits. Yeah. You, you mentioned you're a trivial pursuit player, especially in music and movies. I've been told that, you know, like when we were kids and you used to pick, choose up sides for like baseball and uh, or basketball. Yeah. I, I was usually like the last kid chosen for, <laughs> for those teams. When it comes to Trivial Pursuit, I seem to be in high demand. Yeah. So um, I think we can bond over that. That's we, about where my talents yeah. lie as well. The, the sports. Eh. You weren't the first one picked for uh, for the trivia for, for the yeah for the school trivia competition going up against the faculty. Yeah, yeah. I was the first picked for that. No, but yeah, basketball. Forget it. Uh, my son lived abroad for a while, and in this little town in New Zealand where he lived. Uh, there was one pub and one of the things he looked forward to every week was something called pub quiz. Oh yeah. And I had never even heard of pub quiz, but I guess it's a, it's a big This is the computerized. No, no, no. It's you get together and, um, well, okay. Well, sure. I know about that too. These, these pub, the, the, what do you call trivia nights and whatnot. But, uh, I know there's one that's kind of, uh, right. There's also a computerized one that I think is popular that connects with different bars around. Okay. Yeah, that could be. So you did pub quiz. Pub quiz was really fun, especially yeah. in a hard drinking country like New Zealand. <laughs> I can only imagine. All right, so that that's another one of your hobbies. We got travel. We got trivia playing. Uh, you're a big reader. You set aside uh, a few hours every day. Yeah, a few hours every day. Usually starting at about five thirty in the morning before you know the world starts stirring, just to read the news and try and get a sense of what's going on and try and keep some perspective on things because. Um, the news is very noisy these yeah. days. And so I find that, that reading like political news is like just a rabbit hole. You just keep going deeper and deeper and you're kind of reading the same thing over and over. And so I, what I try and do is just get to stuff that is not in the daily news and, and try and understand, you know, other things that are going on here or in other parts of the world. Well, good to know for when you start your show, folks, know you really read up on it. I'm going to ask you something really quick. I don't know if anybody in all your time in the media and dealing with the press has ever asked you. And uh, this can be a rapid fire answer because we're running out of time and there's something else I want to get to. But Larry Cameron, do you go nuts for donuts? I I hate to tell you this, but I have never been a fan of donuts. Well, then, Lauren, it's our lucky day. It and more, lucky and day, more so because this pink box in front of me gets unopened, and you and I and Iris C. Smith out there are going to enjoy this box of donuts. Wonderful. So now it's time to play everyone's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This is Mad Lib. That's right. We're going to play a Mad Lib-style word game with uh, PR superstar Larry Kamer, KVON's newest host. And uh, you know how this game goes. And we're going to go, let's go quickly. We're, we're getting down to it. Oh, this is a long one. So we're going to put your wordsmithing and all your time writing up press releases and whatnot to the test. So Perfect. Here we go. A plural noun, more than one thing. Ostriches. Ostriches. Well, you're going to say these faster than I can write them. Okay. Uh, another plural noun. Fossils. Wow. You are good. Okay. Another plural noun. Metronomes. 
Lauren, he doesn't even take a second to think. These are just all at the tip of his tongue. This is amazing. This is incredible. <laughs> well, uh, okay. All right. Uh, yes. Okay. Another, uh, oh, another plural noun. Pretty soon you're going to run out of these, but. Yeah, I was going to say there's only so many. Yeah. Uh, I'm going air sickness bags. Ooh, I hope you haven't had experience with those lately. No comment. Okay. A number of some sort, any kind of number that you can imagine. One fourth. One fourth. One quarter. Uh, a quarter. A quarter. Oh, I'm yeah. going to, yeah. Uh, let me read this. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think I'm going to write quarter. One fourth. Ooh, a gerund, a verb ending in ing. I'm going to go with gasping. Gasping. A noun, singular. Uh, a raspberry beret. Ah, oh. uh, in honor of Prince. She wore one of those, yeah. In through the outdoor. That's why I got the purple N on, on your hat. That's a Northwestern N, baby. Purple. Yeah. <laughs> okay, a plural noun. I'm thinking of domestically, I'm going to go dog hairs. Uh-oh, that's something around your house, huh? There's a lot around our house. Oh, an adjective, mixing it up a little. Uh, I'm going to go with splendid. Splendid. A plural noun, another one. Scorpions. All right. An adjective. Let's go with dope. <laughs> dope. All right. Almost done. Two plural nouns in a row. Uh, well, first, I, I'm, I'm pickles. Now, if you'd brought a jar of pickles, I would. I would, I would. Okay. I'm with you there, too. I like pickles. And then the second one, I like magnificent gallstones. Ooh, you like those? No, but I like, <laughs> I, I like the sound of them. Okay. No, I don't like them. <laughs> I got you. A magnificent gallstone. Okay, magnificent let's gallstone. see where this leads us. Well, earlier today, Larry, I was on your website of the, um, which is <laughs> Kamer Group. Is that what it is? KamerGroup.com. There it is. And here is your about page text rewritten via this Mad Libs. And here we go. Can't rapid wait. fire. <clears throat> Larry is an expert in managing difficult public-facing ostriches that affect... You can laugh out loud. It's okay. You got a big smile on your face. They can't hear that. Okay. Public-facing ostriches that affect fossils, metronomes, and air sickness bags. All true. He has more than a quarter of a year of experience. That's how many? Three months, I think, right? At least. You've been in this a while. A quarter year of experience as a communications consultant, an executive in international gasping, a political raspberry beret, and an entrepreneur. He has worked with boards of dog hairs, splendid scorpions, and law firms in the management of dope pickles, <laughs> land use issues, and other magnificent gallstones. Congratulations Thank to you, you Larry oh Kamer. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure talking with you, and good luck with the new show. Thank you for having me, Judd. Appreciate it. This is Lauren Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gil Lamar production. That's Napa Valley Show.